continuing our series as we head towards Easter, focused on Jesus, who he was, and what his life means for us. And today we're talking about his name. And names had much more significance and meaning in the Bible and in Jesus' day than they do today. I wonder how many of you know what your name means. Shelley? Huh? By the ledge. That would be scary. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it is. It's in a scary way. <laughs> Anybody else know what their name means? Doris. To sea? Of the sea. Huh, that's interesting. Anybody else? Valley? Oh, okay. I looked mine up there. It means nothing. But <laughs> it isn't in there. But it's because it's derived from Margaret and but I was never called Margaret. But Margaret means pearl, but that's neither here nor there for me. So uh, anyway, today we don't really think that much about the meaning of our name or think that it has really any impact on the direction of our life or our life purpose. But over and over in Scripture, we, we see that when a name is given, it often has significance. Uh, for instance, when Jacob, a twin, came into the world grasping his brother's ankle they named him Jacob, which means supplanter, because he was going, even though he was born second, he was going to supplant his brother and take the rights of the firstborn from him. And he did. And names were often prophetic. Uh, on other occasions, God would use names to communicate a message to his people. Uh, for instance, he told the prophet Isaiah to name his firstborn son Sher Joshub, which means a remnant shall return, and his second son Maher Shalah Hashbaz. Make an email out of that, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Just could type that out at uh, AOL. But anyway, um, so that one meant quick to the spoil, make haste to the plunder. Uh, so, you know, near the ledge or whatever. Um, but so you can kind of imagine when his mom would go out on the porch to call him in to supper. And, you know, she would yell out, quick to the plunder, <laughs> haste to the, to the uh, 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 spoils. And, but then follow it up with, a remnant shall return, a remnant shall return. And it was a reminder to the Israelite people that you're going to be taken away into exile, but a remnant shall return. And so God was communicating a message through these names. And a number of other occasions, people's names were changed to indicate a new life direction. Uh, Abram was changed to Abraham, Sari to Sarah. Jacob eventually became Israel. And in the New Testament, we find Cephas, Jesus calls him Peter, the rock, and Saul becomes Paul. Names had meaning and significance. So the New Testament begins with a genealogy of names. 
and the genealogy is that of Jesus the Messiah. And after all those names are listed in verse 18, we find the story of how his birth came about and the name that he was to be given. Uh, we're looking at Matthew 1:18 through 21. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to his son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You shall call his name Jesus. Uh, in Hebrew, it was Yeshua. Uh, Jesus is a translation of, into Greek and then into English, but he will save his people from their sins. And in Scripture, we find over a hundred names of Jesus. I like that Jessica, who's gone out for Abigail or some other purpose, uh, she did this display for us. And and he's got all the names of Jesus up there, including the Lamb of God that they sang about earlier, and the Son of God, the Son of Man, Teacher, King of Kings, Emmanuel, the Good Shepherd, the Light of the World, the Bread of Life, our High Priest, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, and on and on, a hundred names. But it was the name Jesus, Yeshua, that Joseph and Mary were told to speak over their son, and you know, when they named him, I wonder if they could have imagined that um, how many billions of people over the course of history would love their son and speak his name and lift his name up in song and honor his name and put their hope in his name and cry out to his name and exalt his beautiful name, the name of Jesus. Um, you know, there were a lot of little boys named Jesus in Jesus' day. But it was because of who Jesus was and how he lived his life and the love that he had for his father and his obedience that he showed and the sacrifice that he made, suffering all that he did and going to the cross, that God exalted him and raised him to life and made his name great. Uh, we read in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Therefore... Because of all that, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is where you say amen, okay? Amen. Amen. His name is wonderful. Uh, Jesus' name is wonderful because Jesus is wonderful. And um, because of who Jesus is and what he's done in his life, and his, his name calls for a response. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you have to respond in some way. And, um, you know, some people respond with hate. They hate the name of Jesus. Uh, you see it on the Internet. You... Uh, 
find it in the workplace, you see it in the schools and in the courts, and some use his name in vain, and they trash talk about his name, and, and they throw it around like it's garbage. But we are his people, the ones that God was speaking of when he said, call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So what should our response be? And this morning we're going to talk about some ways that we can respond to the name above every name, the name of Jesus. And in this series, we've been taking stories of encounters that people had with Jesus, and we're using these stories to kind of um, look at different aspects of Jesus' life. And this morning we're going to look at an encounter that uh, Jesus had with a man named Saul. And this particular encounter took place after Jesus' death and resurrection and after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit was given. It's found in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, the disciples were doing what, just what Jesus told them to do, uh, go and make disciples. And they were doing that, and they were spreading the good news about life in Christ. But there was opposition to that. The Jewish leaders didn't like it, and persecution broke out. One of Jesus' disciples um, was stoned. Another was beheaded. And it was no longer safe to stay in Jerusalem. And so many of Jesus' followers fled, taking the name of Jesus with them as they went to the cities beyond Jerusalem. And in this story, then, steps in this man, Saul, And he was there at the stoning of Stephen. He's holding the coats of those who are throwing the stones. He's agreeing with everything that they do. And he definitely falls in that category of those who hate the name of Jesus Christ. And he's agreeing with the stoning of this man. And then he steps up. And he begins to persecute people himself and and to hunt down Christians and have them beaten and imprisoned. And that's what he's doing when... He has this encounter with Jesus. So if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, we're going to read uh, through his story today, beginning right in verse 1 of chapter 9. It says, Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus so that if, if he found any belonging to the way, and this is before they were called Christians, these were followers of Jesus, they were followers of the way. If he found any that belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? So just in that brief encounter with Jesus, he goes from seeing Jesus as a false Messiah to calling him Lord. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, 
and for three days he was without sight and neither ate or drank. So the first uh, way that we're called to respond when you have an encounter with Jesus is to believe in his name. Uh, Saul didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He, he loved God. He was zealous for God. And in another passage, Saul says that he kept the law perfectly. There, they had like 618 different laws, and he kept them all perfectly. So if anyone could find salvation through good works, it was Saul. And yet, when he had this encounter with Jesus, he goes from believing that Jesus is just some kind of a false Messiah to calling him Lord. And Jesus' followers made it clear that our response when we encounter Jesus is to believe on his name. Uh, Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. And the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3.23, And this is his command, God's command, to believe on the name of Jesus of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Believe on his name. And, you know, if there's anybody here this morning that hasn't taken that step, who hasn't put their faith in Jesus Christ, I I pray that you will. And Jesus will step into your life. He'll make everything new. He gives you a life that never comes to an end and, and the power to live your life for him. Believe on his name. And then the second response is to call on his name. Uh, After Saul arrived in Damascus, the Lord appeared in a vision to a man named Ananias. Uh, He was one of Jesus' followers that lived there in Damascus. We're going to read Jesus' invitation to him. Acts 9, starting in verse 10. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many things about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on his name. And, you know, this is why Saul and the Jewish leaders were so bent on destroying Jesus' followers. Peter and his disciples were teaching people to call on the name of Jesus Christ to save them. They were calling on the name of Jesus Christ to heal people. And uh, the religious leaders thought that this was idolatry. There was only one true God, one rescuer, one king. And these followers of Jesus were calling on another name to save them. And when Jesus' followers began going about calling on the name of Jesus, healing in his name, telling people to call on Jesus to rescue them, um, that had to be stopped. Uh, They began imprisoning them, 
and beating them and trying to get them to deny the name of Jesus. And many lost their life. But no matter what it cost them, Jesus' followers wouldn't deny Jesus because they knew him. They knew the reality of him. They had encountered him and walked with him, and um, they couldn't stop proclaiming his name because they knew who he was. They knew his power and his authority and that their only hope was in Jesus and in Jesus' name. And I would invite you today, you know, if you're fearful about something, if you're unsure about what the future holds, if you're empty, if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're brokenhearted, if you're confused, uh, if you need physical or emotional or mental or relational healing, if you need forgiveness, which we all do, uh, call on Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Um, Just like the blind man Bartimaeus, he was calling out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus invites us to ask him to, to call on him. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Believe on his name. Call on his name. And then Jesus wants us to carry his name. Look at Jesus' response to Ananias' objection. Um, I'm starting in verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go. Get up and go. Go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And he did, didn't he? Uh, Whippings and stonings. and So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Jesus revealed himself uh, to Saul. He chose him to carry his name to people who had never heard it spoken before. And uh, that became like a goal for Paul. He wanted to go where the gospel had never been heard, where the name of Jesus had never been heard, and proclaim that name. And what Jesus was asking of Paul is what he asked of us, that whatever you, wherever you go, when you go out from here today, that you carry his name with you. Uh, He's made his name known to us, and that name is Jesus. And he's asking, will you carry my name into the world? And the good news is that we already know how to carry a name. Uh, In our culture, we get to practice it every day. Uh, Does anybody recognize any of these names? Apple? (laughs) Apple? Samsung, 
Nokia, Chevy, Ford, Dad Ram, oh, man. John Deere, Massey Ferguson, J.C. Penney's a name, Sears, Gap, any junior hires here? Air Apostle, is that a name? <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch, Justice. Okay, guys, how about DeWalt? Campbell uh, Housefield? Of course, I have to put that one on here. I have no idea what it means, but he said it would be impressive to guys. I don't know. It's a, it is, okay. It's a tool. Got to be a tool. Or a machine. I don't know. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. How about Kellogg's? Post? General Meals? McDonald's is the name? Wendy's? KFC? Some of us go there more than we would like, right? Parents? Nike? Reebok? Titleist? Callaway? Levi Strauss? Wrangler? Dooney and Burke, that's two names. Gucci, Ralph Lauren, Lions Club, Primetimers, Red Hats, Spartans, Wolverines, Hoosiers, Lions and Tigers and Bears, Independent, Republican, Democrat, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic. We carry names all the time. And we talk about our brands and our organizations and clubs and the products that we enjoy and love. And, and we invite others to be a part of them. Come, come join our group. you got to get a Samsung, an iPhone, a Ford, a Chevy, a Dodge, Guts, Glory, Ram, right? And we have our polo logo shirts, our John Deere hats, our Harley Davidson jackets, and our Nike swoosh shoes. I don't, but <laughs> the Harley Davidson jacket anyway. <laughs> or the John Deere hat. <laughs> think about it. We get to choose the names that we carry. And, you know, I want to be clear here that I'm not talking about you got to go put a Jesus bumper sticker on your car or buy a t-shirt that says I'm a Christian, especially if you've got to put on the back, no, really, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about proclaiming the name of Jesus. We carry his name, his logo, when we love as he loved, when we show others his joy and his peace. His brand is kindness his mark is compassion. His stamp is serving. His monogram is sacrifice. His watermark is the Holy Spirit. We carry his name when we put someone else before ourselves, when we feed the hungry and clothe the poor and care for the least of these. And Jesus is counting on us to carry his name to a broken world. And, and we don't need an how, a how-to class to do this. We know how to carry a name. We invite people to our groups, and we tell people about our phones, and we talk with passion about our political parties, and we know how to proclaim the name of our favorite sports team. We know how to carry a name. 
It's just a matter of at the deepest part of us, at the very core, what is the name that is above every other name? What is that name for us? All the other names will fade. All the other names will disappear. All the other names are going to be replaced. They'll lose their appeal, and another name will come along. But there's only one name that's above every other name, the name that calms all fears, the name that bids our sorrows cease, Jesus, right? It's music in the sinner's ears, the name of Jesus. And, you know, we carry his name, and we need to speak his name. Because it doesn't matter how many people know, you know, how much we like apple or how, you know, great we think our, our uh, Dodge truck is or whatever. If they don't know that we love Jesus, if we don't speak his name, if we don't tell them that he loves them, then we haven't carried the name that really matters. We've been like you know, a pack mule for all these products without really making a difference with our life. And when you see the lives of the apostles in of Paul, you know, they went about doing all kinds of things in the name of Jesus Christ. They baptized in his name. They preached in his name. They did miracles in his name. They claimed that everything that they did was in accordance with his name, whether word or deed, and they did it in the name of Jesus, for God's glory. And Paul gave his instructions to the people in the letter to the Colossians. And this is our memory verse for this week, so let's read it as we uh, finish this morning. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3.17. Jesus is inviting us to believe on his name, to call on his name, and he's sending us from here to carry his name to the world around us. Would you pray with me? Our loving God, we, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for the blessing of life in Christ. And... We do honor you so much, Jesus, for paying the price on the cross so that we could carry your name, so that we could have a different kind of life and make it known. And we pray, God, that you'll give us the courage. Help us when we see those opportunities to to ask to pray for somebody or to invite somebody to church or to speak the name of Jesus and tell people what you mean to us that you'll give us the courage to do that and you'll help us to do it and give us the words for it, Lord. We thank you for this church and ask your blessing on it and upon us as we go from it. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name, the name above all names. Amen.